Father, we do surrender all to you. You are God, and besides you, there is no other. Father, in the midst of life and the difficulties that we have, we still surrender. Father, we know that the truth that there is in life only comes from you. That, that Father, the only voice we want to hear is yours. Not the voice of the world, not the voice of friends and others. We want to hear your voice, your truth. So, Father, we ask that you will speak to our brother, that you'll allow your words to be clear to us, that it will transform our minds and will guide our lives. And then, Father, when it's all said and done, we will be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, Rock Point. Uh, our pastor is uh, with the uh, youth mission team up in Vancouver, and uh, they are enjoying uh, a beautiful day up there uh, with our church planner, the Forlows. Uh, Brad and Rhonda have gone to plant a church up there from our body, and so they are being uh, host to uh, 70 uh, or plus from our church, including our pastor and the youth pastors and 60 uh, ornery teenagers who are up there to uh, share the gospel and love people in Vancouver. So please pray for them this week that God would be gracious to open the door for the gospel and that they would be able to hear and receive well and that the teenagers would find the courage is that you know how hard it is to be a teenager and uh, to share boldly. And we want to pray for them and encourage them this week to be thinking about that. We're in Hebrews chapter 1 this morning and we're glad to open the word of God together and hear the word perfectly rightly, rightly preached. Uh, communication can be tricky. If you've been around long enough in marriage, you know that communication sometimes is a difficult task. The things you want to say or that you mean to say are not necessarily always received well in a marriage relationship. And so communication can be tough sometimes. Uh, cross-cultural communication can be tough. I had been uh, training with uh, one of our ladies in our church for Go to Guatemala. I've never studied Spanish technically, and so we had gone to um, some lengths to have some tutoring so that when I got to Guatemala, I could turn on my Spanish, you know, and, and impress the natives, right, with my Spanish. It's kind of exciting. And so uh, the cool thing is, is that I was saved in France years ago, and so uh, my, my first foreign language was French. And it was interesting because when I started speaking Spanish, I started speaking Spanish with a French accent. And, and that's not pretty in case you're confused about that. It doesn't really go well. Spanish is a whole flair, right? And the French is all these. So it's kind of unique in my, my attempt at Spanish. And so I have been practicing and practicing and uh, very, in a very humbling way. Uh, our first day on the mission field, we took a team from Rock Point a few months ago. And we're in Guatemala. And we're about to encourage this pastor and hear his heart and his vision for church planning and his country and his villages. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, man, this is your time, man, to get ready. Here we go. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break out my Spanish. I'm going to use every word I've learned in Spanish in the last three months, right, and just try to impress this guy. And so I, I roll off, man, just try to roll the Spanish off. And our team's like, man, Matt, he's got it going on, yeah. And the pastor looks at me like, what language are you talking? I don't understand. So the translator had to translate my Spanish into real Spanish. And uh, it was exciting. It was a great experience to be there as I found my humility in Guatemala. It was a blessing. Uh, but communication can be tough. It's, it's tough to communicate effectively 
Because what you think you're saying sometimes is not what's being communicated or translated. I've seen some funny ads over the years that, you know, the, the American marketing strategists had come together and had put a lot of time and money to take their product and sell it cross-culturally. And so we saw some of these big gaffes when we try to translate our American message into another culture. Uh, a few years ago, there was an airline company called Braniff Airlines, and so they wanted to kind of put a big posh and a very you know, luxurious type of flying experience saying, you can fly in leather. Nice first-class seats. But it didn't quite translate into the Spanish language because as it came across was, you can fly naked. Didn't really hit the target audience there. And another one was Eastern Airlines. If you remember Eastern, it's no longer in business, probably for the right reason. But uh, Eastern Airlines uh, had the, uh, the slogan in American or in English, uh, we earn our wings daily. The problem was, is that transited into other cultures. It was after death, we have a final destination in heaven as angels. And it didn't really kind of evoke the, the comfort to fly. You know, you can imagine that, right? And so uh, you also remember back in the day, General Motors had a, uh, the Nova that was very popular in the 70s and 80s in the United States, the Nova. But in Spanish, Nova means it doesn't go. And so they wondered why GM was like, we can't understand why the sales are kind of plummeting in our Spanish markets. Coors, a few years ago, had a, a great phrase, turn it loose. Just live the life and turn it loose. The problem was that it didn't translate quite as accurately into Spanish because it was, you're going to suffer from stomach ailments if you drink our product. So you, you could see the turn it loose was a, this didn't translate quite exactly right. And my, my favorite one of all was uh, the Purdue chicken. Frank Purdue, the owner of Purdue chicken, and he really prides himself. And he says it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. The problem was, and the other cultures didn't quite translate, it says really you have to have an aroused man to make a chicken affectionate. And it just, <laughs> just kind of lost something in translation there. I don't know, just a little different. Communication can be difficult, right? We, we want to communicate, but not all the things that we consistently communicate we're being effective as. And as we look at Hebrews, we look at what God's heart is for us, because we kind of finish, we're kind of winding down the scent message, a set series about missions, about us going, about us being a church that is about outward looking. Our church at Rock Point is not simply to be centered on our needs and ourselves. Rather, we come as a communion, a body of Christ. We come together and we worship the living God and he inspires us to take the message of the gospel to the world. And it starts in our community. It starts in the Flower Mound in Louisville. It starts in Dallas area. And so we get excited about what God is at work doing in us, but through us to reach our world effectively. And so in this last message of the Scent series, I want to ask the question, what is the message of your life? What is the message of your life? What message are you taking to the world? And as it starts locally, what message are you bringing to the people of our, of our community? Hebrews chapter 1, we kind of get a sense of what God is at work doing as he kind of 
unpacks Hebrews. And Hebrews is a beautiful book because if you're confused in the Old Testament, if it's sometimes hard to, to get through some of the thicker portions of the Old Testament, really I would challenge you to read the Old Testament in light of Hebrews because Hebrews is trying to unpack how Jesus fits in the Old Testament, how really the Old Testament speaks and, and, and brings all things back into the center of who is Jesus Christ as Messiah, as Lord, as God. He's the God of the Old Testament. And so Hebrews chapter 1, the author teaches, he says, In God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, but in these last days, God has spoken to us through his Son, through Jesus. His Son, whom God has appointed heir of all things, through whom also Christ made the world. And Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of God's nature. And Jesus upholds all things by the very word of his power. The Bible says, And when Jesus had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angel, and he has an inherited, he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Our God is a God of communication. And unlike me that I tend to typically break communication or I think I'm saying one thing when something completely different is being translated or communicating, our God has not broken his way to give truth. He, he communicates clearly. Our God has given a very clear communication because he's a God of communication. And how do we know that? Because the Bible teaches our God who communicates is a God of self-revelation. So what is he communicating? He's communicating the very nature and the very heart of who he is as the living God. So we have a God that communicates. We have a God that reveals his very heart. He reveals his nature to this very world that he created. And why? Because our God is a God of relationship. He communicates who he is to the world because God has created you and I as the pinnacle of creation for relationship. And God is good at it. God has clearly given us the capacity of humanity to have a relationship with God, the Almighty. And so today in 2014, you have the great privilege of being human being. You have the great privilege of having as, as a human a capacity within you to know and to walk deeply and to have this abiding relationship with the living God, the God of creation, the sovereign God of providence, the God that is in charge of all things in this universe, yet he wants to have relationship with you. We think about the Old and the New Testaments. What is the Old Testament? The word testament is simply an English word that means covenant. And so really we can talk about the Old and the New Covenants. Christ just said, and this is a, a new covenant. The blood shed for you is a part of the new covenant for you. And so the New Testament speaks about the new covenant under the, the, the new dispensation of the blood of Christ. And since Christ has come, and since he shed his blood, and since he's given life, the new covenant of the New Testament we have speaks about Jesus Christ. 
In the verse 1 of Hebrews, the Bible says, And God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, through the prophets, in many portions, and in many ways, is saying that God wanted to communicate his nature and purpose to all of humanity, but he did that through creation. He created a world that would reflect his very glory. And as you go back in the Old Testament and read over and over how the Psalms and David with the Psalms and Moses of old and the prophets of old would say, God, you're glorious and your wonder, your creation is phenomenal. We see your work in the sun and the stars and and how you've created life so complex. How you provide all the systems of this world that reflects a very intelligent design. It reflects a creator God of great detail. And we sense that, God, you have made these things. You alone, as God, you've created all of this for your glory. And we sense in creation the very handiwork of a sovereign and a loving and a relationship God. But it wasn't only in creation, it was also in our conscience. You think about the fact that God created in every single human being. He's given us a conscience. A conscience would be our moral compass The ability to know that as humans, one, we are not God. And two, there is a God. We mentioned this in our Trek classes, our Trek discipleship classes, that we've asked everyone in the church to go through 101 and 201 and 3141 the next three years to make sure that you're getting discipled and that you have a discipleship process in place. But a part of that discipleship process, we talk about the fact that God, who has created in every human being, conscience, and why, why is it that every people group on the face of the earth worships something? Because God has uniquely designed in every human being from all of history that God is alive and he's a well and that we are not God and that there is a God and that we are to bow down and we are to align ourselves rightly with the living God. If you have your Bibles, hold your place in Hebrews and turn over to Romans chapter 1. And Romans makes it so clear, talking about the old covenant The old covenant being that God spoke through the prophets. And before he spoke through the prophets in creation and in conscience, God revealed enough information for our obedience to follow rightly. So in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18, Paul clearly articulates the fact that no man who's ever been born, no child, no woman, no one has any excuses about not truly following after the one true God. Look at verse 18 of chapter 1 of Romans. The Bible says, Now for the wrath of God, that is, the judgment of God, has been revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and against all unrighteousness, against men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19, Because that which is known about God is evident. Go back to the Psalms. Go back to the Old Testament. Go back and look at creation. That which is known about God is evident within man. For God has made it evident to man. For since the very creation of this world, God's invisible attributes and God's eternal power and God's divine nature have been clearly seen and clearly understood through that which has been made, that which has been created, so that no man is without excuse. You sit here this morning, and I don't know what your journey's been. Maybe you're a seeker this morning. Maybe you're considering the things of Christianity, considering this thing of Rock Point Church. Maybe you've had a a Christian walk for many, many years, but you've not had any true life change. And there's nothing in your life that would really differentiate your life from anybody else at work. 
No one at work knows you're a Christian. If you were put into the courtroom, right, and, and, and trying to decide, have your life, has your life been such that it's been so evident that people know of the testimony of Christ in your life? Or maybe they would never have any evidence to convict you of being a Christian because you've been so quiet about your faith. I'm not talking about being obnoxious or stupid about it. I'm not talking about being a fool. I'm talking about being alive. And you can't help but talk about Jesus because he's the greatest asset in your life. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. That you got saved at some point, you've been converted at some point, and you've never gotten over it. The Bible says because of God's mercy in creating humanity, he's put within them in conscience and through creation the truth that there is a God so that no man is without excuse. The Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 1 that in the Old Testament, God spoke through the prophets. And it wasn't simply enough for creation and conscience, but God spoke clearly through the men of God in the Old Testament to give a point and say, God alone can save. And in difficult circumstances, he brought visions and miracles and signs and wonders. And God brought this, this, this really supernatural authority on the earth through the men of God who were giving testimony and preaching to the people of the world that need to know about the one true God. And that's the Old Covenant. That's the Old Testament. And the writer of Hebrews says, but now, today, God speaks In these last days, verse 2, he speaks to us through his son, Jesus. Through Jesus. Our God is a God of communication. Our God is a God of self-revelation. And our God is a God of relationship. And he speaks to you and I, and through us today, through the world, our message is Jesus Christ. And why is that? Well, the Bible makes it very clear. We speak Jesus because God has ordained that Jesus Christ, look at verse 2, would be the heir of all things. God has appointed Jesus as the heir, the one to inherit all things. That means that everything in this universe belongs to Jesus Christ. It's all His, it's not yours. And the kingdom that you build and the life that you build and everything that you've worked hard for to this point in the time in history and everything that you show in your life to say, this has been my life, it's all really Christ's. It's his because he owns the world. This universe is his alone and we are simply stewards. We are simply those that hold on to and, and use and to protect and to give away that which he has entrusted to us as stewards of all, of all that is his. And you think about the lives particularly. Think about the people's lives. The Bible says everything is Christ. He's the heir of all things. And why is he the heir of all things? Verse 2 says he also is the heir of all things because he, God, also made the world, the universe through Jesus Christ. Christ is co-creator. So not only is he the possessor of all in the earth, he is the owner of all in the earth because he is a co-creator of everything on the earth. Hold your place here and turn to Colossians in the New Testament. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Like old school Bible study. Just turn in your Bible. Here we go. Colossians chapter 1. Look at this amazing part in verses 15 
and following, speaking about the nature of who Jesus Christ is, who is the creator of all things, who is the owner of all things in this universe. Verse 15 of chapter 1 of Colossians, the Bible says clearly, and Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus all things were created, both in heavens and on the earth. All things that are visible and invisible, whether the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, that is the things in the spiritual realm that we don't see, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So the Bible says that Christ is the heir of the universe. He owns everything because he's the creator of everything. The Bible says he is also the sustainer of all things. So everything that is going on in this universe by the very providence of God has the fingerprints of Christ all over it. So here's Jesus as the Son of God, co-creator, the heir, owner, possessor, sustainer of all things. Look at verse 3 of Hebrews 1. And the Bible says, And Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of God's nature. And God, He upholds all things by the very word of His power. So the Old Testament, God spoke in creation. And He spoke in conscience, through the conscience of every human being ever created. Just like He does today. He spoke through prophets and visions and angels and miracles and signs and wonders. But today, today, God communicates. God reveals himself. God establishes relationship through his son, Jesus Christ. He's communicated the son, Jesus, who came and is in the perfect representation as the perfect image of the invisible God. And the Bible says, here's Jesus, the icon in Greek. He is the, he's a physical, beholding, tangible image of the invisible God. The Bible says in John 14, Jesus says, As you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus Christ, He is what's on the lips of the Father. Jesus Christ is whom God has now chosen to reveal his very nature. And God desires to communicate to you and I love and mercy and grace and truth and righteousness through the very image of his son, Jesus Christ. So the question this morning is this. If the message of God the Father is the son, Jesus, what is the message of your life? What are you communicating to this world that is more important than what God himself has communicated to all the universe? What is more important about your experiences or your life or the things you love or the things that you spend your time on? What, are, what, what Collectively, how does any of that compare to the generous beauty and the wonder of who is our Savior, Jesus Christ? is powerful because here's God that is communicating to us 
And he does it through revealing himself because he wants to establish relationship with you and I through the Son, Jesus Christ. And yet, what is your task that's any different than that? As a believer in Christ, has God not also called you to communicate effectively to this world around you? Yes. And how do you do that? You open your heart, and through transparency and through authenticity, you love people well. And why do you do that? Because God has called you to establish relationship with your people and your community and across the world. We are to mimic the very heart and the very design that God has demonstrated and exemplified through his own actions. You say, what, what are people's greatest needs, Matthew? 20 plus years in the ministry is I've got a chance to sit down with broken couples and hurting people and people who are drug addicts and sex addicts and alcoholics and people who are in the throes of just life destruction. And at some point at the bottom of their life, they finally say, well, I can't do anything else. There's not been really any other help. I guess I'll try church. I'll try religion. I'll go find a pastor, whatever. And having talked to people who seem to have their life together, and maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you come to Rock Point Church and on the outside, everyone say, you know what? That guy's got his life together. Man, that woman, whoo, she has her stuff together. What a mom, what a lady, what a wife. But you would say to me, you know what, Matthew? If they really, really, really knew me, they would never say that I have anything together. I'm insecure, I'm desperate, I'm broken, I have hidden sin, I have these habits of my life that I'm embarrassed to, to tell anyone I am broken I'm a mess, and I keep it all together on the outside so people can see me, and then I can project to them what I want them to believe about me. But Matthew, they truly knew me. And this morning, you want to know what people's greatest need is this morning? People at the deepest level, they want to be known. They want to be known. You say, that's kind of silly, Matthew, because I'm sitting in a, in a church setting, and if no one knew who I was, I'm good. I don't want anyone knocking on my door or getting into my business, okay? I don't want anybody trying to, to, to pry into my life because if they, if they really saw who I was, I'm not sure they'd come back at Rock Point, right? If you truly knew me, because everyone wants to be known, but it's not only to be deeply, deeply known, it's to be accepted. Every human being created wants to be deeply known for who they are. And for all their misgivings, and all their faults, and all their brokenness, and all their sin, and all their destruction that they've brought in their own lives. But they not only want to be known, they want to be accepted for who they are. That's why God gives us middle school. Oh, it's brutal. Middle school life is brutal. And listen, you'll be praying for Destin and Warren who are trying to minister to these high schoolers and these middle school kids because from 6th grade to ninth grade, it is brutal, right? I mean, you walk in and you see, you can just see, okay, dweeb table, jock table, doofus table. We're not really sure what we are table, right? And so we're, we're all trying to be kind of pattern together into, well, this is kind of my crowd, right? I'm safe here. Can I kind of be, can I be safe with you guys here? Because over here, man, I'll be, I'll be chewed up and spit out because I can't trust them. And maybe, maybe in middle school, as you try to figure out who you are, kind of the depths of who you are, maybe then you find one or two friends, maybe. Maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a youth pastor. You can finally divulge your heart and just kind of crack open just a little bit. <gasps> this is who I am. 
This is what I struggle with, and this is, this is who I want to be. And I don't know if there's anybody on the planet that understands me. I don't think there's anybody on the earth that cares about that in my life. And I don't think I can be vulnerable with anybody. Have you seen the jungle called middle school, how brutal it is? Because the minute I show a crack, a weakness, a vulnerability, the world will pounce on it and crush it and stamp it out. And they will use it and abuse it. And they will take your vulnerability and your weakness And they will prop themselves up at your expense. But you know what I found? Most of us made it out of middle school. But most of us never made it out of that vulnerability. Most of us never made it out of the stage in our life that said we can't really trust people. And the worst thing I found out is that most people think that's true of church too. We come to Rock Point Church is there one place on this planet that I can just truly be me and bear my soul and be known, truly known and truly accepted and not judged? And can I taste unconditional love here? I can't speak for your family. I can't speak for the other churches in our community. But Rock Point, why would that not be here? Why would that not be here, a safe place to say, we desire to communicate love and unconditional love to you because we're going to open ourselves up and reveal our own nature. And the greatest attribute I have to give you is not myself, and it's not simply my past, and it's not simply all my accolades and what I've accomplished. It's the one thing I own that's greater than anything in the world. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ. And that which I have, I will give to you freely. And I will just pour buckets of unconditional love through Christ who gave it all. Because he's taken me. He's known me. He's accepted me. He's changed me and given me true life and life worth living. And it's all I can do to go to find someone who needs to be known desperately and accepted desperately and taste unconditional of desperately that I would give away Christ. Rock Point Church, this morning, this is your opportunity, your privilege. This is your obligation as a body to be the type of church that people could come in here no matter what's going on in their life, and find true acceptance and love in Jesus Christ as Savior and as Healer and as Redeemer that we've been called to give away what is the very heart of the Gospel. And I don't know about you, but I have never been accused of two things in my life. I've never been accused of being a smart dresser. And I've never been accused of being tech savvy. And so as the the world of tech savviness has driven past me in lives, I realize that on the phone with my kids, you know, I got two teenagers, I'm like, what? I don't know jack about any of that stuff. And so, you know, I'm the wrong guy to ask for tech savvy advice. But here's the deal. Every day... Every day, 70 million pics are uploaded to Instagram, whatever that is. <laughs> and there's 90 million pics uploaded or posts uploaded to Tumblr every day. What is a Tumblr? I have no idea. 
90 million tumble posts a day. I don't even know what that is, but it's a lot. There are 500 million tweets every single day. 500 million tweets. Bunch of twits. There's 1.3 active or 1.3 billion active Facebook users. And there's 3.5 billion Google searches every day. Now, what's the point? The point is this. More than any other time in the history of the world, our generation, our culture, we are communicating, right? I mean, we're out there communicating. I went there. Who cares? I'm about this. I'm about this. You know, we're talking and we're texting. We're uploading. We're doing the tumbling and all the stuff we're doing. We're doing all these things. We are communicating unlike unprecedented throughout the history of the world. My question is, what are we communicating? What is the message of your life that you're communicating? What is more important than the one opportunity you have to love people well through your life and through the relationship of Christ that has changed you and he holds you and he sustains you in your universe called your life? Rock point. God has called us to keep the name of Christ ever on our lips because the Father has demonstrated to us Jesus is the central message of the heart of God. And Jesus should be the central message of our life because he owns all, he sustains all, he died and atoned for all. And he is worthy. He is worthy. You guys have heard of Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a phenomenal 19th century uh, pastor in England. In England, when a culture was driving further and further away from truth, and they started embracing philosophical rationalism and human centrism, and all of a sudden, science and, and, and knowledge and rationale and philosophy started overtaking England, and, and the Christ of the churches became empty. And so one man got into the pulpit into the Metropolitan Baptist Tabernacle in England, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and he became the pastor. And the very first words he ever spoke from that great pulpit, he said, I would propose that the subject of the ministry of this church house, as long as this pulpit shall stand, and as long as this house shall be frequented by worshipers, it shall be the person of Jesus Christ. I am never ashamed to avow myself a Calvinist. I do not hesitate to take the name of Baptist, but if I am asked, what is my creed? I reply, it is Jesus Christ. My venerated predecessor, Pastor Dr. Gill, has left a great theological heritage admirable and excellent in its way, but the legacy to which I pin and bind myself forever, God helping me, is Jesus Christ, who is the arm and the substance of the gospel, who is in himself all theology, the incarnation of every precious truth. It's kind of uncanny because today is my very first day to stand in this stage and this new building and deliver a message and just like Spurgeon, who was a phenomenal preacher, I stand way in the shadow. My heart would be Rock Point Church. 
when you see me at the welcome desk and you see me greeting the doors or holding a door, when you see me in the highways and byways, I want you to know that the deepest passion of my life is that Christ will be known and that people could walk into this fellowship and people would know Rock Point Church in this community as a church where you could be who you are and you could be known and deeply accepted and unconditionally loved because Christ has changed us and we care about people. Is that a banner that you're proud to take to this community? Is that who God has called you to be in this community? I'm proud to be on staff at this church because I believe that's exactly who Christ has called us to be, and I believe that's exactly the blessing that God has allowed us to have in this moment in time in history. My challenge to you this morning is simple. As you communicate in unprecedented ways, what is the message of your life? What are you bringing to this world? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I would pray in the quietness of this moment, on this beautiful July Sunday, that, Lord, you would choose to speak in the depths of hearts. That, God, there's just people here this morning, there are those this morning, God, that need to be authentic, that need to be known, that need a place to cry out and say, I have sinned to confess, and I have a broken marriage, and my life is a wreck. And I am struggling with this sin in my life and I don't know who to tell. Could I bring that burden here to this church? So Father, I pray that anyone in this room this morning that feels the need to come and to pray, to stand and pray, who desires to be free and healed and loved this morning before they leave this church, they would do business with you, Father. Father, I pray that you would inspire us as a body, that, Lord, you would solidify in our very hearts that we would be a people of God in Flower Mount, Texas, to love well all who come across our path, that the message of our life would be mercy and grace and unconditional love because Father you showed us you gave all that we could have life in you so Father in this moment be glorified Father as we sing as we respond as we give through our offering God as we choose to give you our life and offering Lord this morning let it be known that we stand with you and that the message of our life is the message of the grace of Jesus Christ. Father, have your way this morning. We ask it you for your glory alone, Jesus' name.